Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Father, we thank you. We love you, Lord. As you go into your word, go with us. Speak unto us. You take all the glory. Let all the blessings be ours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seats. Let's have our seats. We all welcome to his presence. We all welcome to his presence. And let's open our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. We started looking at the topic we call the Holy Spirit and a new beginning. The Holy Spirit and a new beginning. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. It says, Acts 2, 2. Fear death, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now, in looking at the topic, the Holy Spirit and new beginnings, we started looking at how the Holy Spirit comes. And we said the first thing we noticed was the word suddenly. Then we went on to look at the sound from heaven. And we took note of the fact that there is a sound from heaven, but then you and I also make sounds that are recognizable unto God. Is that not so? We make pronouncements. We speak. You know, there's an, there's an adage where I come from that says, when you keep quiet, what will keep quiet with you? Your problems and your challenges will do what? We'll keep quiet with you. Because you have refused to make any pronouncement. But when you open up and you speak, oh, nature is bound to obey. The devil is bound to obey. The enemies are bound to obey. There are many things in the atmosphere that you don't know. Do you realize that? Oh, there are some things in the air that are meant to manifest in your life. But because you are a child of God, you can say, I reject it. Tell somebody, I reject it. What are you rejecting? Every plan of the enemy for your life, you reject today in Jesus' name. So you say, every plan of the enemy for my life, I reject in the name of Jesus. So we talked about the sound from heaven. Then we talked last, the last time we, I was here, we talked about the rushing mighty wind. And we discussed the wind of remembrance. We discussed the wind of provision. Of course, we are talking about the wind of the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit moves in the lives of the children of God. He, doesn't, he normally does not come quietly. But when he leaves, how does he leave? He leaves quietly. That many don't even know he has slept. After he has slept, he will not leave you in Jesus' name. I say he will not leave you in Jesus' name. And so this morning, we want to look at... I mean, that passage says, it filled all the house where they were sitting. What I call, the sound filled all the house. The sound did what? The sound filled all the house. Remember, we are talking about how the Holy Spirit came. Of course, we know that's what Acts chapter 2 is talking about. When that sound came, the sound filled 
all the house. Now you and I, the Bible says, we are houses built for the habitation of the living God. Of course, we all know 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 16 and 17. The Bible says, you are the temple of God. True or false? Tell somebody you are the temple of God. Now tell the person, I am the temple of God. So the Bible says in that 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? So, being the temple of God means the Spirit of God dwells where? Dwells where? So you begin to ask yourself a question. Am I truly the temple of God? Because if I say I'm the temple of God, does the Spirit of God dwell in me? Very important. Then the Bible says in verse 17, If any man defy the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple? Which temple ye are? Which temple ye are? Who is that person talking to here? So which temple? He says, you are that temple that is holy. And says, if any man defies the temple of God, him shall God destroy. And that talks to two groups of people. Two groups of people can defy the temple that you are. The first group is self. That is, you by yourself can choose to defile this holy temple. So the first group is what? Self. The second group is external. It's external. Men and women that look at you and say, oh, I will defile this temple. They will not triumph in your life in Jesus' name. Yes. I said they will not triumph in your life in Jesus' name. Yes. That is what happens when a lady innocently goes to a man's house. Innocently, unquote. Because many are times, like I always tell our young ones here, what are you looking for in a man's house? You are not married to him. Ask your neighbor, what are you looking for in a man's house? And then you think, oh, I'm just going to see bro. Don't go and see bro in his house. Don't go and see sis in our house. Is somebody listening to me this morning? Innocently, somebody goes, I mean, takes a, a, a walk, and you don't realize you are walking into the lion's den. And by the time the encounter is over, the brother has been defiled, or it could be the river, I mean, the sister has been defiled, or the brother has been defiled. So the Bible says, if any man defies the temple of God, him shall God destroy. The Holy Spirit does not come into you to take a room. You know, some of us, we compartmentalize our, our, our affairs. Is that not so? This one is for God. This one, God, don't touch it. I've shared this story here before of my very good friend. When I was doing what they call National Youth Service in Nigeria, my friend, Brother Okechuku, Brother Okechuku was a driver. And so, as a youth copper, he went about buying ingredients for animal feed. So, I used to go with him. And he was a driver. He knew everywhere we were going. And Brother Okechuku will always go around with a uh, Gideon's Bible, the blue one. Anywhere he goes, it's either in his hand or in his pocket. It's never far from him. And then we bought gas. And they told Brother Kechuku, how much should we write down as the amount of gas we bought? And Brother Kechuku told them to double the amount of the gas he actually bought. I said, bro, this is not right. And Brother Kechuku made a statement. He said, business aside, Christianity aside. Is that your Christianity? 
Christianity that does not show in the life that you live. Christianity that once you get to the place of work, you forget you are a child of God. When the, the Bible says in that verse 2, when the Holy Spirit came, the Bible says it filled all, I mean that sound filled all the house. The key word there is what? All. Not just one room. Not one segment, leaving the other. If the Holy Spirit will do his work in your life, he must feel how much of you? How much of you? There must be no limitation as to what he can do in your life. Tell somebody, stop limiting the Holy Spirit. Because when you continue to limit the Holy Spirit, it gets to a point that he leaves you alone. It gets to a point you don't hear his voice again. It gets to a point that you just continue in your ignorance, in your self-destruction. You will not self-destroy in Jesus' name. I say you will not self-destroy in Jesus' name. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13. Habakkuk 1 13. He says, Thou art of purer highs than to behold evil and cannot look on iniquity. And cannot look on iniquity. Say, wherefore lookest thou upon them that did treacherously? And only thy tongue when the wicked devoured the man that is more righteous than he. The key word there is that God is pure. God is holy and cannot look upon iniquity. So when you ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life, but only one side, and then you still want to continue your own ways on the other side, it's either you give him all or you give him none. Tell somebody, it's either you give him all or you give him none. The Holy Spirit is not in the business of compromise. That's why the Bible says, because somebody is neither hot nor cold, I will do what? I will spew you out. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. He will not spew you out in Jesus' name. You must, I mean, until you hand over the reins of your life to the Holy Spirit, things will continue to be impossible. We are talking about the Holy Spirit and what? New beginnings. Until you allow him to rule and to reign in your life, you continue to contend with impossibilities. Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. I will read about 6 and 7. Zechariah 4, 6 and 7. Zechariah 4, 6 and 7. He said, then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. You can put your name there. It says, This is the word of the Lord unto Fulani Akinshola. Saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So the Lord is saying unto you, that you will fulfill destiny. The Lord is saying unto you, you will achieve that desired end. The Lord is saying unto you, you know what the Bible says? Who has spoken and has come to pass? Except who? The Lord of hosts. And the Lord of hosts is a man that fights. Our God, the Lord of hosts, is a God that fights. And many are times when you face impossibilities, just pull back and watch him fight. He will fight for you in Jesus' name. So he's telling us here, it's not by power, it's not by my might, and not by might, but by my spirit. Now let's go to the uh, next verse. Let's go to the, he said, who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Put your name there. Before Fulani Akinshola. That great mountain will become a plain. He said, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, crying what? Grace. 
grace unto it. There's grace for you. I said there's grace for you. There's abundant grace for you. What men have declared impossible, God is saying it is possible. God is saying I will do it. God is saying it's because of by my spirit and by what? Grace. Grace. What is grace? We call it unmerited favor. I call it divine enablement. It is that which enables you to do that which is impossible. It is that which enables you to do that which... I mean, you know, you look at it and say, ah, this one is over. But it's not over until God says, what? It's over. It's a crying grace, grace. Double portion. You will receive that double portion of grace in Jesus' name. When you must willingly fill your temple with the presence of the Holy Spirit. When Isaiah saw the Lord, his train, that is the train of the Lord, filled the temple. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. He said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train did what? Filled the temple. Remember what we are saying? That when he comes, he doesn't, he doesn't want to come in partially. He doesn't want to come in and take a room. Why you say, well, this is, my, my, my life is a three-bedroom flat. Jesus take one room. Me, I will take one room. And then maybe whatever, take the third. No, 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 no. He wants all. Tell somebody Jesus wants all. Tell somebody the Holy Spirit wants all. Look at that same uh, 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 Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. The Bible makes us understand that the whole earth is full of his glory. And the smoke of his presence did what? Fill the house. Isaiah 6, 3. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is what? Full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. You must consciously acknowledge your limitations. But know that your limitations have been taken over by Jesus. Your limitations have been taken over by who? Yes, you know your limitations. But you know what? Your limitations will not limit you. Amen. You see, that's where a child of God is different. Oh, there are limitations all around. But those limitations cannot stop you. Cannot stop the word of God in you. Cannot stop the work of God in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. 1 Corinthians 1 30. It says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Who? When it says who, it's referring to who? Christ Jesus. Of God are you in Christ Jesus. Who is made unto us, number one. What's the first word there? Number two? Number three? And number four? So in God, Christ Jesus is made unto you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Those are big words, are they not? What the Bible is saying unto us, it's not a matter of how much English you know. It's not even a matter of how insufficient or unqualified you are. All you need is Jesus. Tell me all you need is Jesus. When you have Jesus in you, the Bible says, he has been made unto you. Say unto me. 
is you made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So those things I look upon that are simply humanly impossible. Jesus has been made, I mean, has come into me and made me presentable unto God. And make those things possible in my situation. So the Holy Spirit came that day and filled the house where they were sitting. The question I have for you this morning is, where are you sitting? Can you ask somebody, where are you sitting? Because there is a place you can sit where the Holy Spirit cannot sit. Where they were sitting on that day was such that the Holy Spirit could come and do wonders and do great things in their midst. And the Holy Spirit still, still desires to fellowship with us on a regular and daily basis. Where are you sitting? Psalm 1 verse 1. The book of Psalm chapter 1 verse 1. Psalm 1 verse 1. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that, number one, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. The question is, where are you sitting? But you have got to realize, according to what this passage is telling us, before you sit, you will have done what? You will have walked. Then you will have done what? You will have been standing. And then you get to the point where you are doing what? You are sitting. It's a progression. It's a progression. Where you walk will determine where you stand. And where you stand will determine where you sit. The Bible says the man that is blessed, the man that is seated in a way that the Holy Spirit can relate to him and feel him to overflowing, is a man that does not walk. Is a woman that does not walk. In what? The counsel of the ungodly. Psalm 33, verses 10 and 11. Psalm 33, verses 10 and 11. Psalm 33, 10 and 11. It says, The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people. Of what? Of none effect. Verse 11 now says, The counsel of the Lord standeth for how long? Forever. Forever. They thought of his heart to all generations. So that's why in the book of Jeremiah he said, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of what? Of peace. And not of evil. To do what? To bring you to an expected end. God has some wonderful thoughts concerning you. That's what we call his counsel. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. But you must make sure that you do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Remember Ahitophel? Ahitophel was the king's counselor. And the Bible says the counsel of Ahitophel in those days was as if God was speaking. Ah, but Ahitophel was going to give a counsel which was actually right. The counsel he gave to Solomon was the right thing for Solomon to do. But David prayed a prayer. He said, oh Lord, turn the counsel of Ahitophel to what? Foolishness. And so when Ahitophel came and said, Solomon, I know your dad very well. I know how we can get him. Right now, I know where he is. Let's follow him. We will capture him. 
The kingdom will be yours. Solomon said, okay, let's ask another man. And the man that was now asked was somebody who was in lead with David. I said, ah, don't do that, oh. You know your father. He's a man of war. Paraventure right now. He's in the lion's den. And you go, he will just deal with you. He will destroy you. Because David has prayed. Just as we have been praying this month, the counsel of Ahitophel was turned into foolishness. And the Bible says, Ahitophel went and killed himself. Was it David that killed Ahitophel? Was it Solomon that killed Ahitophel? Every counselor that stands for Ahitophel in your life, he will hang himself in Jesus' name. Because there is a divine counsel that will move you forward. And that's the counsel the Holy Spirit wants to give you. But you must make sure you do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That's number one. Number two, you must not do what? You must not stand in the way of sinners. Tell somebody, don't stand in the way of sinners. It's an enticing way. It's an attractive way. It's the way of adultery. It's the way of fornication. It's the way of pleasure. It's the way of bribery and corruption. Is that not so? What does the Bible say about that? The Bible says fire will consume the house of bribery. Is that not so? The way of sinners. It's the way that the Bible says cement right unto a man. But the end thereof is what? Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that cement right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. That's the way of sinners. It's very attractive. There's a story they used to share with us when we were younger. I know our elders here will, will remember even more, better than I do. Maybe a woman was told to go into a vineyard and pluck an orange. And in that vineyard, there were lots of oranges. But only one contained the treasures that she desired. Oh, but in the moment she stepped into the vineyard, oh, there were big oranges. There were smooth oranges. Tell somebody smooth. You know, when some people talk, you know that this is, this is, this is too smooth to be true. There were oranges that were saying in the Yoruba language, kami, kami, kami. That is do what? Pluck me, harvest me. I am ripe. I'm ready. I'm for you. But he knew the counsel. He was looking for one that was what? Quiet. One that would not make noise. You know, that's why they say the empty gong does what? Make, it, she looked around. It was a she. She looked around until she found that orange that was there quietly. That was the orange that had what? Treasures. The noisemakers were full of serpents. They were full of destruction. Brethren, the way of sinners is an attractive way. True or false? That's why the Bible says the road that leads to destruction is what? Is broad. So when they call some, a place in New York City Broadway, it's not a mistake. You know, it's not a mistake. It's true. That Broadway is a way that leads to where? Destruction. It's a way that leads to hell. But there is a narrow way. A narrow way. That will not even allow, you know, this my Bible is big. Is that not so? It's too big for that way. I can only go in there by myself. It is the word of God in me that will stand with me. So that's why the Bible says, Thy word is what? A light unto my path. 
a lamp unto my feet. Thy word have I hid where? Where? In my heart. That I may not sin against you. The word of God must be in you that you may avoid the way of sinners. And then we talk of where are you sitting? The seat of the scornful. Will somebody help us out? Who is a scornful person? Why is somebody scornful? Anybody? What does it mean? Blessed is that man that does not sit in the seat of the scornful. Yeah, somebody said. <laughs> Our mommy said, I will let go. What's the meaning of that? Let's come full. She has translated it into the Yoruba language. I mean, into the Yoruba Bible. Let's <laughs> come full. Somebody, she's speaking in tongues. Somebody come down to our, to our level. Scornful. The wicked, okay. Scornful. Sister Lyle, scornful. <laughs> eh? What was it? We've been hearing this all the time now. Vindictive. 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 The scornful is proud, is arrogant, and is unbelieving. Is what? Proud, arrogant, unbelieving. I'll give you a very simple example. When you say God can do it, he looks at you and says, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, in fact, he's a young man. He's got no experience. That's why he can say that. Proud, arrogant, unbelieving. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 9, verses 23 to 25. Matthew chapter 9, verses 23 to 25. We define scripture with scripture. Matthew 9, 23 to 25. The Bible says, And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, and saw the mistress and the people making a noise, verse 24, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they did what? And they did what? They laughed him to scorn. Why did they laugh him to scorn? When you go to another passage, the Bible says, because they knew the lady was dead. So they knew he, the lady was dead. When Jesus said, no, 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 you stop this noise. Stop crying. She's not dead. I have the word of God with someone here today. That situation that you think is dead is not dead. Amen. I said that situation is not dead. That situation you think is terminal is not terminal. Amen. You know, you know, you know, in, is it John chapter 9? When they asked Jesus, who did sin that this man was born blind? Jesus Christ said, nobody sinned. Tell somebody, nobody sinned. Nobody. He said, but it's in this situation that the name of the Lord may be glorified in his life. Your life will give glory to God. Amen. I want to test someone listening to me today. That situation you are going through is that the name of the Lord may be glorified. In your life, his name will be glorified. In your situation, his name will be glorified. They loved him to scorn because they knew that the lady was dead. But brethren, who is death when Jesus is standing? There's no way death can withstand Jesus. Can he? No. He stood before the grave of Lazarus. And he said what? Lazarus, comfort. And Bible scholars make us to understand that if Jesus had just stood there and said, comfort, without mentioning Lazarus, what would have happened? Dead people, right, left, and center, and everybody would disappear. Because even Lazarus that came forth, it took grace for the people to stand. Who is death when Jesus is standing? 
How can anyone tell you that your situation is terminal when Jesus has not said so? He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the Lord Almighty. The one who was. The one who is. The one who forevermore shall be. The one who before you were born has a book written about you. You know what Jesus said? He said, Lo, I come. According as what it is written of me in your book. Do you know that there's a book concerning you? That's what we call destiny. Do you realize that you fulfill destiny? Are you sure that you fulfill destiny? You must make sure that you are not sitting in the seat of this kung fu. They are proud. They are arrogant. They are unbelieving. Jesus makes the difference. Jesus does what? He makes a difference. The Bible says, therefore, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, as we round up. Romans, he said, therefore, being justified by faith. Being justified by what? So we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's only the unrepentant sinner that does not have peace with God. Amen? Everyone that has said, Lord Jesus, you are my Lord. I can't do anything before, without you. I yield my life to you. The Bible says we do all. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Say, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you go to that same uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 to 23, I'm not going to read all of it. I mean, we've, we've referred to that passage many times. But I'm going to go to verse 22. But the passage is Ephesians 1, 18 to 23. But I'll go to verse 22. It says, And I put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. That's where I'm going. That filled what? All in all. There's no room for a partial feeling, no. There's no room for saying that Jesus just take this one and leave the other one. No. Jesus wants all. The Holy Spirit wants all. And Colossians chapter 1, verse 25 to 27. Colossians 1, verse 25 to 27. This was Paul speaking. Colossians 1, 25. He said, whereof I am made a minister, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for, for you, to fulfill the word of God. Verse 26. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Verse 27. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ where? Christ where? Christ in me, the hope of glory. If Christ is in me, let the devil make noise from here till tomorrow. If he doesn't make noise, he's no longer the devil. Do you realize that? His talking trade is noise making. The man of God, one of our senior pastors, was sleeping. 
And he said he heard a noise in the room. And he said he turned and he saw the devil in his regalia. I said, oh, so it's you. See, and he just turned and he continued his sleep. Why? Why, if it were you, tell the truth. Tell the truth now. You turn and you see the devil. You won't sleep in that house that day. In his full regalia, you see black, you see white, you see green, you see, ah. Ah, pastor must come and do deliverance for the house. Before you step in there again. Because of fear. But you see, when you know where you stand, Jesus Christ, the Bible says, my life is what? Is hid in, where, in who? In him. So anybody wants to attack me, you first of all have to do what? Attack God, attack Jesus. When you finish fighting Jesus, you can come and meet me. Is that not where we stand? The Bible says we are seated where? Ah, some people are not sure. We are seated in heavenly places. In who? In Christ Jesus. You see, I, I tell us all the time, as a child of God, you must know your authority. That's what know your authority. But it's very important. Where do you stand? No, where do you walk? Where do you stand? Where do you sit? Does Jesus mean anything to you? How is Jesus to you? What's that relationship that you have with him? Have you given him place to fill you all? Or are you still playing games with him? He's not in the, in, uh, he's not in the business of playing games. Is that like you give him all or what? Or you give him none? Because when you think you are giving him some, he's looking at that and saying, ah, I have none of you. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Yeah. On which road are you walking? Is it broad street? Or is it narrow street? I'm sure when we look at the map, we are going to find somewhere there's a street called narrow street. And, uh, yes, now, if there is stone street and gravel street and all manner of streets, I'm sure there is a narrow street somewhere. Are you working on Broad, broad Street? It's popular. And you know that's the same way it is in real life. Is that not so? Most people are working on Broad Street. But you know where it leads? There is a way that cement right unto men. The end thereof is destruction. The end thereof is death. Tell somebody that road is not for you. The road for you is the narrow path. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Where do you walk? The Lord is talking to someone here today. You are here because the Lord has a plan and a purpose and a need for your life. He wants to demonstrate his power in you. The Holy Spirit wants to look at you and say, yes, this is my son. This is my daughter. We are on a journey. You must give him all. You must make him your all in all. Talk to him this morning. Are you here? You've not given your life to Christ. This is the opportunity. You want to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. You are watching online. You are not born again. This is the opportunity. This is the time. For you to say, Lord Jesus, I want to give you all. The person who says, he must be all. He must feel, feel all, all. Why don't you call him and say, Lord Jesus, be my all in all. I yield my all unto you. You are not born again. Say with me, say, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. Come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Every league, every agreement with Satan, 
I cancel and I renounce in the name of Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, write my name in the book of life. That from this day onwards, I may walk in your fullness. Christ may be my all in all. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, we thank you because you are a good God. We lift your name on I. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Thank you for the grace of knowing you. Thank you for Jesus. Father, take hold of our lives. Move in us. Guide and lead us. Reveal yourself unto us. I speak to whatever stands for sickness in the life of anybody here today. I command you out in the name of Jesus. I command every limitation. I say be gone in the name of Jesus. I come against every obstacle in the name of Jesus. I uproot you and I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord, for we have prayed in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.